I was standing there while we were singing the doxology, just listening. And I was blessed by hearing you sing praises to the Lord. And in a lot of ways, if we really got that and really meant that and lived it out with all our lives, we could just go home right now. And some of you are going, yeah. Chapel scanners aren't turned on yet. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm John Bray. I'm dean of the chapel, and I guess I'm the tour guide Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for chapel this semester or this year. And hopefully, we will walk this journey together in a way that brings honor to God. Today, I've actually invited someone to uh, share this introduction with me. Megan, would you come on up, please? This is Megan Welch. Give her a welcome to the stage. So, Megan, uh, you're a what? A baseball player? No. You're a soccer player? Yes, sir. Yeah, good. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? What year are you? Stuff like that. I'm Megan Welch. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a sophomore here. All right. And you play soccer? Yes, sir. Tell me about the team. Are you any good this year? Oh, yeah. We're 2-0-1 and off to a good start. Going to be real good. When's your next game? Uh, this Thursday in Ohio. Thursday. So, not So, y'all should come out. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Will you, will you arrange the caravan? Yes, sir. Okay. So, I've got some questions before I ask you to help. You're, by the way, Megan is substituting for somebody else who uh, got a concussion, and uh, so I'm not going to, like collide heads with you or anything like that. But I, I do have a question. See that thing over against the wall that with the circles on it, the yellow circle and the blue circle and the black circle? What do you call that? A bullseye. You call that a bullseye. That's pretty good. Uh, an archery t it's an archery target that is a bullseye. And I don't know, do you know how to score for archery? Nope. Well, you, I'm going to go talk about it. In fact, I'm going to bring it over because we have this on a camera, but you guys can't see it because the camera's not working right now. So I'm just going to bring it where we can see it a little bit. <laughs> now it's working. I was told it wasn't working. So, Megan, can you see this little circle right here? Yes. It's four and a half inches across. And if you get the, the arrow in there, it's worth 10 points. And if you get it out... To the other part of the yellow, it's worth nine points, and then eight, seven, all the way out. In the Olympics, the guy with the bow lines up 76 yards away from that target. So the back door back there is about 50 yards away, and so you add another 25 yards to it, and they're there with their bow, shooting for that little target. They say it looks like a button, hard to hit. Now, I, the question I have for you is, do you know what the white tape represents? A soccer goal? It's about the size of a soccer goal, hence the soccer player, right? So, so I've got a question for you. It's like with a bullseye, you've got to get it right in the middle to get perfect. If you kick your ball right into the middle of the soccer goal, what's it called? A goal. A goal. Good. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> and how many points is it worth? One. One. All right, good. And so a one goes up on the score. But what if you kick it up into this corner? How many, what's it called? A goal. A goal. And how many points is it worth? One. Yeah, there. Uh, what about if it gets down into the lower left corner? What's it called? A goal. A goal. And how many points is it worth? One. All right, good. So we got that established. All right. Now, let's stop and think about this. You can kick it in, right? Inside of your foot, outside of your foot, maybe your toe, although you don't have much control if you just kick it with your toe. Get it with your knee, get it with your leg. You get headed in, off the chest. Uh, can you catch it and throw it in? Nope. 
No. So, so there are some rules. You can get it in off of almost any part of your body except arms and hands, right? All right. So establish that. There's a soccer goal. There's an archery goal. There's a dead center thing. There's hitting it in a whole bunch of different areas. Give Megan a hand, will you? Thanks, Megan. So our theme this semester is the will of God. Discovering God's will for your life. And the question I have for you is this. Is figuring out God's will for your life more like a soccer goal or an archery target? Archery. Soccer goal. Well, let me talk to you about what I think. I think the answer is sort of both. Let me explain. There's, there's some of us who, who think about the will of God as, as just this archery target. In fact, we ask these questions sometimes. Is there one perfect person for me to marry? As if it's an archery target. Four inches across, 76 yards away, aiming as best you can when you can hardly even see it. And there's this one perfect guy or this one perfect woman and if we if if we don't pick them life's a mess is that the goal that the idea is that god's plan and 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 i will say possibly but not necessarily see in the bible if you want to just want more my more than just my opinion in the bible god didn't give very many people that we know of specific instructions about you've got to marry this person Adam didn't seem to have many choices. <laughs> so I'm guessing for Adam there was the perfect one. The prophet Hosea was told to marry a woman named Gomer, which today isn't too popular a name. And, uh, you know, all, I'm, I'm a generation, all I can think of is the Andy Griffith show and Gomer Pyle, you know, hey, Andy! You know, <laughs> Golly! There we go. I <laughs> That's it. Somebody whistling it. Gomer was apparently, as we understand it, basically a prostitute, and God said, you marry her as an illustration of his grace to the people of Israel. He's going to demonstrate grace in many ways. In the New Testament, there's Joseph who's engaged to Mary and then finds out she's pregnant through the Holy Spirit, and he's going to not marry her, and the angel says, no, 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 take her home as your wife, and they did. But think of the people from Genesis chapter 1 until when the book was finished being written, the book of Revelation, and ask yourself the question, how many millions of people were alive and we don't have instructions about who they should marry. It's just, seemed, you know, this guy took a wife and that guy took a wife and this other person took a wife and sometimes marriages were arranged and sometimes people just seem to fall in love, sort of like we do today. And, and God's will, it, it, it seemed a little bit more like a soccer goal, maybe upper right-hand corner, upper left-hand corner. It, get, get in there somewhere. There, there are people that you get to choose. Some of us miss that point. We treat the who as if there were a bullseye for whom I'm supposed to marry. The problem is it's sometimes hard to hit the bullseye. Did any of you, I don't know if you watched America's Got Talent this summer, did any of you see this video?
Yeah, yeah see? That's a bad moment. Fortunately, the arrow was blunted a little bit, so it didn't just kind of pierce his chest, but he caught on fire, and she missed the bullseye. And some of us are like that. Let's say if we're, you know, this is, I, I want to get married, and there's this perfect one, and there's the target. What if you miss? Or worse yet, what if you say, this is the perfect guy for me, and, the, and he misses the memo from God? You know, is the rest of your life to be spent in mourning? Life would have been so much better if I had married Joe, but instead I had to settle for Dan. Does the pastor say at your wedding, I know you really wanted to marry some, someone else, but they chose incorrectly, and so do you take her as second best for the rest of your life? <laughs> Awkward wedding, huh? That doesn't seem to be how God works most of the time. At one point in my life in high school, I had this relationship that was sort of serious, as serious as a high school relationship gets, I guess. And we, you know, I wondered, would we get married? And then she came off to college and sent me a note that said we weren't going to. <laughs> and um, so I was now working on plan B for my life. Two years later, I met Patty. And we have had an incredible life together, and that's fantastic. But yeah, well, sure. But some of you were here last year when I told a bit about our story. Anybody remember how many times I asked her out? Seven. That's right. I asked her out seven times. You remember, anybody know how many times she turned me down? Seven, yeah, somebody said six. No, she actually turned me down seven. Uh, no, she kept flirting with me, but kept turning me down. <laughs> and then one evening, we managed to hang out with some friends and spend an evening at a park together, and uh, she decided it was not the jerk she thought I was, and we fell in love, and um, we've had a great relationship. I was talking with her about this concept the other day, we have. I was talking about, with her about this concept the other day, say, is this this one perfect one and only one? And she said, oh yeah, I think for us. And then it occurred to me, what if she hadn't gotten clued in? What if she'd never ended up saying yes to me? And we have a great relationship, and I can't imagine being married to anybody but Patty. But if she'd not said yes, likely I would eventually fall in love with somebody else. You would have fallen in love with somebody. That tends to be how life works. God's will for who might be sort of broad. Now, it's possible God can tell you that's the one. He sometimes does that. You got to be careful when you hear that because the other person needs to be hearing it too. <laughs> My dad was attending a church once, and this, had this guy started showing up to church, and, and this lady stood up one Sunday night and said, God's told me I'm supposed to marry you. And he said, that's interesting. I'm just in town on business, and my wife would be surprised by that. <laughs> so, so, you know, you can get confused. 
I would suggest to you that for most of us, who we should marry is more like a soccer goal. Upper right, lower left, wherever it is. But once you found that person, once that combination of opportunity and availability and attraction and hormones all mixed together to say, this is the one, we're for each other, then I would suggest to you that his relationship plans for you are more like a bullseye. Bible talks about sexual purity. Bible talks about being kind and compassionate with one another. He instructs you to be unselfish. You're called to be a servant. He has some bullseye targets for your behaviors, even regardless of who it's with. He cares how you live. Whether you end up happy in marriage has less to do with who you fall in love with and more to do with how well you focus on the target issues of obedience and gentleness and kindness. And if you're both doing that, if you're each doing that, that marriage works. Now that's an extended illustration. Let's just flip it real quickly to the idea of your profession. What are you going to do in your career in life? In the Bible, there were some people who had specific calls. There's Moses out one day watching sheep, and there's this bush burning, and God says, Moses, you know. And that, that's one of those moments that you, it's hard to ignore. God says, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. That was a specific call. The Levites seemed to be born into the priesthood. And that was going to be their job. Prophets were called. Jesus says to 12 guys, come follow me. But even though all that is true, the vast majority of people who lived in biblical days just did the family business or went off and did something on their own for their Lives, God's will was more like a soccer goal and less like a target. Sometimes God, God has full permission to give us a target goal. God may have a bullseye for your career. Or maybe he just wired you for a specific thing and you're chasing that. Megan, what did you tell me your major was? Finance and accounting, Finance and accounting with a minor in what? Actuary. In actuary science. All of that has to do with math. I would be hopeless. Literally hopeless. She says, I wouldn't want to do what you do. Well, see, that's God, God's kind of created us and wired us for different things. And sometimes God does that for you. And then you chase his will. Now, whatever you choose to do, there's a bullseye for how you do it. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. It says, work as if you're working for the Lord, not for man. There's a there's a how you work, not just what are you going to work at. So let's talk about this thing, about God's will. David Platt suggests God's will is not a hidden treasure map waiting to be deciphered. It's a relationship to be discovered. I think sometimes we're all in the treasure map business trying to find the clue. So it's by the piano, and I take five steps forward. And then I turn left at the blue dot on the platform. We look for the astonishing miracle. Does God have a burning bush in my life? Maybe we try to search it out by doing what I call the random finger method. You know, we flip through the Bible, put our finger down. Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> Go thou and do likewise. Wait, is, I mean, <laughs> or maybe we'll put God to the test like Joshua did with the fleece and say, God, prove yourself. And if you want me to do this, do this for me. 
David Platt suggests that's a little complicated. That God's more about relationship with us. So can I just talk to you for a couple minutes out of this verse from Proverbs, these two verses. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, you probably know them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. First thing I peel, pull out of that is that we ought to walk with God. I may not know the bullseye for my career. In fact, for several of you, it's, they suggest in your generation, you'll do four or five different things in your lifetime. And it may be that the degree you get now is just a foundational degree that prepares you just to get hired by somebody else. I have a daughter who got a degree in religion and philosophy, and she's going to be a nurse. I don't know the bullseye for my career necessarily. You do not. But, but God has called you to have a relationship with him. And if you pursue that, if you live within the soccer goal of relationship, he says, walk with me, and I'll get you where you need to go. Here, here's the second thing I'd suggest to you from the scripture. Obey what you know already from scripture. I remember once having a conversation with a young man. It, sometimes pastors have really successful counseling stories, and sometimes they don't. This was one of those counseling stories that I kind of wish I had handled differently. This young guy, he's early 20s. He comes to me and says, I'm trying to figure out God's will for my life, which sounds like a great statement, except I knew him. And I said, why do you care? And he says, because I want to know God's will for my life. And I said, you're not doing anything else about God that God wants you to do. You're not living morally. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not obeying him any area of your life. Why would you care about what he wants you to do for the rest of your life if you don't care about what he wants you to do today? That his design was to shock him into some kind of moment of decision, and it didn't work. Thirty-some years later, he's now beginning to take steps towards God, and I'm excited about that. But I will tell you that as we seek God's will for our lives, most of it is revealed right here in his word. And if we'll live this, he'll generally tend to take care of the rest of the stuff, like the who's and the where's and the what's are we going to be doing with life. Obey what you already know from Scripture about your life. Third thing is to surrender to God's love. We sang a song earlier about surrendering all. You know what I've discovered about that? It's easier to sing about surrender than it is to do it. Because we have this odd thought somehow, at least I used to, that if I surrendered to God's will, he'd mess with me and put me in some place miserable. That I'd spend my lifetime in the backside of nowhere and maybe in Africa eating bugs, it would be hard and unsatisfying. And I have no idea why I thought that, except it's a lie from the devil himself. God knows how you're wired. He knows how he's created you. He knows that, that he wants to bring you joy. Now, he may, he, he may call you to Africa, but if he does, you'll go there and you'll go, this is what I was made for. God wants the best for you. 
He's not out to punish you with his will for your life. He wants to guide you step by step, but that happens in the midst of relationship. So the decision is to say, God, I'm all in. Whatever you want from me. And as you show me, I'll follow because I'm walking it step by step. Fourth thing is to listen. Listen. God will frequently provide mid-course corrections. I've had conversations with mentors of mine who said, John, have you thought about this? Listen to how God's wired you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Maybe even listen to circumstances sometimes, although that can be a challenging kind of thing because sometimes we think if it's easy, it must be God's will. Or if it's hard, it must be God's will. You get confused. Uh, Circumstance. If you're 5, 6, 125, the NFL is probably not for you. You know? Sometimes we dream about stuff like that. Just listen. Listen to godly counsel. Listen to good advice. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He's faithful to you. The ultimate question is, will I walk with God on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis? God's will is not a treasure map waiting to be deciphered. It's a relationship waiting to be discovered. And if you will treat it as a relationship, God will guide you to where he wants you to be Until someday you feel like, I'm right dead center in the middle of the target where I'm supposed to be. That's my life goal. I'm going to pursue him, not just it. Can I pray for you? Father, today, we thank you for your plans for our lives. They are plans to help us live in full joy and blessing. Sometimes life isn't easy, we know that, but you are there to sustain us. And I pray for the men and women in this room. A lot of us are so caught up in the what will I be doing and where will I be doing it that we've missed you. Lord, I just pray you'd help us begin chasing you freshly. And as we chase you, help us to trust you to get us where you want us to be. Now bless these men and women. May this year be a year that honors you. May they be able to live it and say, God, this is what I did with this year. And hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day, guys.